0: about it
1: well it doesn't even it's not even low it's local national conference all kind all the media kind of feels the same exact way
0: ralph from tulsa says i know there's no such thing as too strong but is there a point when it affects your explosion off the ball and quickness no i don't think so either nope uh this one says dg goes to our church shows up for mass every sunday Sits by himself, stays for the entire service, is always gracious with everyone. Strikes me as a humble leader. My kids have been totally impressed with that. Um, and he go, th- number one, go th- the fact that he goes by himself. The kid is raised right.
1: Yeah, no, that is that's really impressive. That's good to hear. Back to the previous question. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You can never be too strong, but at the same time, just being strong doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a cure-all. It's not a cure-all. Just because someone is extremely strong doesn't mean that you can just place them in a position to have success on the football field, on the offensive or defensive line. Uh, The strength gains that you make should be enhancements to what you do as a football player. They're not really going to create anything differently for you as a football player, if that makes sense.
0: Um. Here's here's a question, and I think the answer to this is no, but I think it's at least worth exploring. I think this team knows. I think this coaching staff clearly knows what everyone nationally thinks that they're going to be this year. Let's say that in the first five weeks of the season, they're just rolling. Everybody, man, they roll UTEP. They roll can't stay They go up to Lincoln. They win, you know, convincingly. The offense looks good. Now, success is nothing new to OU football. But seeing as they're all kind of in the same corner, they got all these doubters, do you worry at all about this particular team having too much success in the first five weeks of the season and knowing how to deal with that? Again, I don't, but I think it's worth at least exploring after what happened last year.
1: Um, Absolutely not. I don't. I... I think if this team has a lot of early success, I think it solidifies all the reasonings of why they had such a strong buy in to start off. Yeah. I can, because I can guarantee you, if you go out and beat UTEP 65 to nothing, when you come in for film the next day, they're going to be expecting to be patted on the back and it's going to be a bloodbath in the meeting rooms same thing if you beat Kent State same thing if you beat Nebraska it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how bad you beat people it doesn't matter what's like what the result is it is going to get more and more difficult it is never you're never going to feel like we're there This will not happen good
0: no I can guarantee good. you that um OB. you're gonna
1: you, what's gonna happen is at some point you'll take a loss somewhere And you'll come in, and for the first time ever, you don't get absolutely killed in meetings whenever you're reviewing the game film. Or you possibly still could, but usually that's (laughs) whenever they're trying to, uh, you know, build you back up a little bit after a loss. Sometimes it doesn't happen like that. But, yeah, the the bigger you win and the better you think you played, the worse those meetings are going to get.
0: Nine four nine area code. OU's O line will be better than last year's, without a doubt. Well, hey, that's the hope. I it, it's hard for me to see a scenario where they're not better than last year. I, well, I mean, I I, I I really think they will be.
1: Last year was tough, and you know there was there's multiple reasons why last year uh, wasn't as good. You know they had to move a couple of guys around. They had a couple of injury issues. They had a true freshman quarterback that, frankly, at times didn't know what he was doing. Um, you know, they, it just, it never really meshed together like you'd hope. Even your your players that you felt like were going to be kind of the voice of reason on there, your your guys that you're, you're going to get good, consistent play out of were up and down too much. And I just think it was the, I think it was just the, the fact that they were allowed to do that. You know, just kind of because of the culture, because of the environment. So I I tend to agree with the text, but, you know, I guess you never know until we go out there and we watch them play.
0: Uh, 405, Big 12 media days, all the OU talk, and the DA on the other station, they're talking about a new arena. Well, just another reason to keep it on the ref. A new uh, I mean, arena I for what? Uh, who cares? I don't know.
1: A new arena for OU basketball? Okay.
0: <laughs>
1: now that is something I, we can uh, I'm talk not, about.
0: I'm not going to give them that much credit. They're probably like, well, could the Thunder get a new arena in downtown, guys? Uh huh.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Woo. Um, but the OU basketball arena is interesting, Tyler. May, there may be some goings-on in Nuh-uh. that department. Seriously? Oh, ooh. Really? I don't know. Mr. I don't know. Mr. Commercial
0: Real Estate Guy dropping some hints? Hmm. Don't know. Oh, are you, Are you? Uh, are you? That's what you've been doing on your Fridays off. You've been finding an area, and you're going to build it yourself with your bare hands, aren't you?
1: I am. I've already started. I've already started. I'll be done in
0: 2045. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'd, All right. Oh, I got the I got the over on that one, by the way, <laughs> you building it.
1: Yeah, I never see a project through. I give up usually just before halfway through. That's whenever I give it up and try and convince someone else to finish it for me. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the Rush coming up. Uh, hanging out at Newcastle Casino today, I-44, exit 107. I'm at the Front Row Sports Bar. We got happy hour every single day, 3 to 6, 350 domestics, $5 wells, Come see us out here at Newcastle.
0: Cavens Construction bringing you this hour of The Rush, live on The Ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Layman. Cavens offers remodeling, roofing, water restoration, and facility maintenance. Cavens Facility Maintenance serves all of Oklahoma and can help take the ease off of your staff. But also fix those pesky problems in your office building. 405 573 3048, Tulsa. Cavens is here to serve you as well. 918 282 7612 or CavensConstruction.com. For a quick recap, because Britt Vittables was asked about the future of Bedlam today, here's what Mike Gundy said yesterday. And then uh, Brent Venables was asked about it today, Teddy, and he basically wouldn't comment on it, but, you know, went on for about two minutes about how important the, the game is to the state and its fans. So, like I've been saying, totally opposite reactions every single time these two sides are asked about the future of the game.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Don't know what that means. I think everyone and, – and people may be right. I could be totally wrong whenever I say I think the game continues. It makes way too much sense, Um, makes too much money. It's one of the things, and I've said this a million times, but it's one of the things that I hate about college football is trying to find ways to not play each other so you don't take a loss. Just go win the game, you know? That's the way I feel about it, but we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, we will indeed see what happens. Um, Some numbers to know, and uh, Eric Bailey of the Tulsa World put this one out on on Twitter earlier. Uh, Britt Venable said 40% of the roster have never worn an OU uniform. That kind of sticks out, right? Um, Six back on offense, six back on defense. Half of the team are juniors and seniors. 13 are graduate transfers. But that 40% of the roster – never have worn an OU uniform in a game before kind of sticks out. And then Sean on the Air Comfort Solutions text line had a good point, though. He said, you know, that quote's going to get a lot of attention, but that's actually common at OU in almost every school. 85 players on scholarship and 20 to 25 leave every single year in college football. And, in fact, Texas has a very similar situation. 35 of their 85 scholarship players weren't at UT last year. Right. Yeah.
1: 35 of 85 and of those uh, the remaining guys the other 50 you know, how many of them played last year meaningful snaps starters not very many you're just you know you're just talking about a handful of guys it's not it's not that big of a deal um, especially with the transfer portal not that big of a deal it's not something that I'm really worried about what was the number six guys six starters on offense and six starters on defense back is that what that yes, was
0: yes 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 yeah but that's actually pretty good yeah and, and that's like when I think about the success or failures that this team might have I mean really the success I don't this all this so-called inexperienced football team like I don't see that and I don't factor that in at all like literally zero to what I think is gonna happen this year they've have experienced guys. They may not be experienced while at OU. I just, for whatever reason, and maybe I end up being wrong about it, I don't think that they need to have 250 starts across their football team for me to feel good about them.
1: Here's, here's one way to put it. And here's how you kind of have to look at it. Take, for example, Brian Osamoa. We're not going to have a linebacker this year, I don't think that is as good as Brian Al-Samoa. Uh
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that's true today, but okay. I'm, I'm, I'm all right with that. But
1: because of the system, because of better play, more consistent play around them, I think a a player that is not as skilled as Brian Alsamoa was last year can be and probably will be a more effective player this you. year. Yeah. Does sure. that make sense? That, yeah. So, and I think you're going to have that case all over the place defensively, and even on the like the offensive line. I think that's going to take place as well. Like, um, and I've talked about it in the secondary because of. The coverage structure that Brent Venables runs in some of the zone stuff, it's really going to make life easier as long as everyone isn't, you know, making middle bus left and right. It's going to make things life way easier on corners and safeties.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, 405-651-3439, by the way, is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. If you missed it, Dalen Smothers, four-star running back out of Charlotte, committed to OU eh, about 15, 20 minutes ago. So OU uh, remains at number 11 in the uh, recruiting rankings. So, hey, my answer to this is no. Did you change your mind about any coach, team, player after the two days at Big 12 Media Day? Like, my opinion is definitely not changing on Texas or Sark.
1: Um, kind of a little bit on Texas Tech.
0: you like the, uh, you like the, uh, Southern drawl that, uh, Joey McGuire has or the twang that he has? No. Well,
1: I don't take it or leave it. Whatever. The... I don't know. I was I was really interested in what may happen at Tech and I still am. I still think they may have some. I think he's going to do a really good job recruiting for them. It's not going to show up in the recruiting rankings, but he gets the you know, he he gets the diamonds in the rough out there that a lot of people don't know about through the network of high school coaches across the country that he's got great relationship with he gets the he's a different the dynamic of a
0: coach that they've ever had, I feel yes. like,
1: and I think that's overall, I think it's going to end up being a real positive for Texas Tech in the short term, though. I was bullish, you know, because of what they have at running back, because of the couple of different options they have at quarterback, but you know, they start talking air raid offense and. I, I just – I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about it.
0: I mean, I think you can – I think that they can still do it out there. They, they've just got to be just fundamentally better on defense. You know, I I, I don't think that they're ever going to have a dominant defense, but I, I I think that they can go up-tempo and throw it around and still be a pretty good football program. they just got to actually pay attention to the defensive side of the ball. They've got to – They've got to out recruit, find some of those three stars in the rough that you're talking about, really develop those guys. And I I think it could work there. Yeah, uh,
1: it can. But that style of offense, because what they got the Western Kentucky guy, right?
0: Yeah. Kitley, is, is that his name? Zach Kitley?
1: Yeah. That style of offense, it ends up making the entire team about a quarterback and four or five wide receivers I mean, that's all it is all right you spread everyone out You offensive line has these big wide splits uh, you run it every now and then whenever they really over oversell on the back end and they're trying to spread it out in the secondary you'll hit them with a quick draw or quick hitters on the inside but it's really all you're really doing is using one quarterback and four and five wide receivers and just dinking it and dunking it all around the field and i there's there's a place for that for teams that are constantly outmatched and maybe you could make the case that texas tech is one of those teams that's constantly outmatched but i I just i don't know that it helps you really develop the rest of your football team. That's yeah. my biggest complaint about it.
0: Uh, yeah, and I'm also not, uh, for Steve Sarkeesian, I wasn't one of the ones sitting there today saying, oh, yeah, they've got it figured out. But one takeaway is, gosh, man, I wish he was more unlikable. And I'm not saying yeah. that he is a likable person, but I just wish that he was up there spewing the same crap that Tom Herman was when he was the head coach.
1: He's He's charismatic. He's He's got a good, like, upbeat tempo whenever he talks. He's super positive, you know, but... And I guess Venables kind of does the same thing in that setting. I mean, he's always... Well, he's not always super positive, but... I don't know. I, I don't know what the real Sark is like. But most most championship coaches tend to be, at least whenever they're with their team, pretty rough-around-the-edge type guys, right? Yeah. It's incredibly demanding. Life can life can be miserable around them because of, of, of all the pressure. And I don't know if Sark's one of those guys or not.
0: Uh, text line before we hit a break. Serious question. Lincoln Riley is a good coach, but why is he so bad at O-line play in defense? Is it Texas Tech schooling?
1: He's – well – the offensive line early on in his tenure was the best thing on the entire football team. So I I don't think that's his his shortcoming. I think his shortcoming is the culture aspect. I think he develops quarterbacks well even though there's there's a There's a a line of thinking out there that he doesn't. He has to go out and get guys and and bring them in. Well, it doesn't matter to me where you get the guy. If he has success in your offense, then to me that's a positive development. I think he develops quarterbacks well. I think he has a a really good knack for play design. Um, I think this conference did catch up with a lot of his concepts, though, and some of those concepts didn't seem so... Uh, you know, unstoppable. Once the level of play on the offensive line kind of dropped down. Yeah. But I would blame that not on uh, him as a coach. It's more of him as a leader, culture-wise. Uh, the like I like I said, the team is going to become you. Uh, they're going to follow your personality, and I think that's his that's his biggest shortcoming.
0: Uh, Riley inherited that O line. That's on the text line. Uh, yeah, I mean he was the OC in 15. Once that O line was really young, but okay,
1: Sark well, where they won it in 18, right? So 15, 16, 17, 18. I mean that was his fourth year.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sark wears burnt orange. That's enough to make him unlikable. Okay, uh, if the Pac 12 and ACC are dumb enough to vote against the expanded playoff, which is directly leading to their conference dissolving. Then Oklahoma State is definitely dumb enough to cancel Bedlam and hurt themselves it's financially. True.
1: It's true. Um, there has long been a willingness uh, of people in all kind of different walks of life to make poor decisions just to prove a point. So, yeah, you hear that, a, Le'Veon Bell? Point.
0: I hope Le'Veon Bell is tuning in today.
1: Hey, when is the Le'Veon Bell, uh, Adrian Peterson boxing match? I don't know.
0: Is it even officially happening? Is that or were they just talking about it?
1: I don't know. That's a good question. I I thought it was officially happening, but who knows? Who knows? I, it's not like the world will fall apart if they call the thing off. So maybe you're onto something there. All right, we got to hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next.
0: It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Let's
1: first give a quick shout out to our friends over at Rooftech. Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine. Tyler runs the Mm. business over there. Does a fantastic job. They can handle any of your roofing needs. Um, I thought this was fascinating. Columbia, South America. Police, after a big drug bust uh, where they seized one and a half tons of marijuana, decided to get rid of that marijuana by burning it. Uh, The problem is the change in wind direction, (laughs) the smoke blew all across the town, creating a haze of marijuana smoke, getting the entire city high. I thought it was hilarious, and my first thought is they had to be filming a new Cheech and Chong movie or something. Yeah. This can't be real.
0: Did it smell like a uh, college fraternity house around here yeah. somewhere? Is that what it smelled like? Yeah. Um, I feel bad saying this, but when you first think of Columbia, do you not think of cocaine or a story like this?
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what I thought of, and if someone asked me where would this have happened um, other than, you know, rural Oklahoma, obviously, uh, nowadays, I would have said probably Columbia.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's a good point. Do we really have any reason to talk when a tornado was captured? You're only seeing this on News 9. You can't see this anywhere else other than News 9, and it rolled over a marijuana farm. I mean, who are we, oh, man. Who are we to judge?
1: That's, that is funny now this i thought was interesting this is really an update on an earlier what caught my eye story we talked about it freddie freeman got rid of the agent uh casey close after he went back to atlanta finally final return or finally returned home uh tearful when he got there and i guess he learned of a offer atlanta had made that his agent never told him about and i guess Gottlieb is the one that came up with the, the theory, I guess, that that's why Freddie Freeman was uh, firing his agency, and he's now getting sued. Casey Close <laughs> is suing Doug Gottlieb for defamation.
0: How about that? Hashtag bring Doug home. Uh, what do you think <laughs> OU fans are rooting for the end result to be on this on this ordeal?
1: I don't know. I'll tell you. I, I like Doug. I like Doug. I think he oftentimes does. Uh, the mouth gets way out uh, over the skis right, at times, think, but think? I still like the guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's he's all right. Yeah. Um, I, I am the, actually rooting for Doug in this one. I hope he doesn't get sued for a large amount of money. Uh,
1: this was funny, and I don't know where this whole thing came up, but – I just saw a quick comment on it, and then someone was doing a video talking about it. But the the headline was interesting, that Peyton Manning offered to be a red zone-only quarterback. Uh, once, you know, he had the neck surgery and he couldn't push the ball down the field, he wanted to stay on and be a red zone-only quarterback.
0: Oh, <laughs> gosh. Was that uh, what – so Brock Osweiler would lead him down to the fifteen. And he would come in and finish off the drive. Now the yeah. whole the whole Blake Bell Landry saga thing was one thing, and I right. I always felt that there was some friction there. But buddy, you lead somebody down in the NFL, it's like, all right, we're at the 18 yard line. Put Peyton in now. <laughs> there's, there's Brock Osweiler. I don't care who it is. It, wow, there's some it's ego. So funny. That's some ego. Uh,
1: you remember the video of Osweiler getting ready to go in the game? And then Peyton just waving him off to sit down that he was staying out there. And he's just like standing there with his <laughs> hands in the air like, what, what are we doing? What What's going on here? <laughs>
0: Pretty funny. That's all I got. Uh, Tom Brady says the hardest thing about raising their children is how rich he is. Quote, huh. we have people that clean for us. We have people that make our food. We have people that drive us to the airport if we need that. We get off a plane and there's people waiting there for us and we get ushered in. That's my kids reality, which is the hard part to say. Guys, this is not really the way that reality is, but what we can what can we do about that?
1: It is true. I I know I've seen that headline and I know he's kind of getting hammered for it, but I mean there there is a lot of truth to that. Like how do you uh, it's, it's how do you keep your kids like grounded at all? Like they're to understand, like, what, what it's what real life is like for 99.999% of other people on the planet. But I don't know, maybe you could start cleaning your own house, driving yourself to the airport, uh, those type of things, right? I guess that's the place to start. Pretty good start. Uh, Zach
0: Wilson, the story there. I think everyone knows what's oh, yeah. you know the latest rumor that's been floating for the past week. His mom has had it, and she's asking people on Instagram to stop rolling through her old pictures <laughs> and contacting her friends that are in those photos to see if she is indeed the one rumored to be hooking up with Zach Wilson. She's asking, wow. please stop contacting All my friends in these photos and asking them if they're the one.
1: Funny story. Um, The whole situation was, uh, was really interesting. But think about this. How big of a loser do you have to be to go through his mom's social media, find out who these people are, find their contact information, and call them, and ask if they're the person
0: it's that really, slept with her, yeah, uh, her son. I, I think "loser" is a good word. Just weird, though. Overall, it's I strange. Find something else to do. Yeah, I don't. I mean, what are you looking for? I, it, it's odd.
1: I guess that probably people want to sell the story to TMZ or something. But still, it's such a a, a massive waste of time. It's crazy. There's no other place in the world that wastes as much time doing. Insane things than the United States. Yeah. I'm convinced of uh,
0: it. Texas Tech's head coach, Joey McGuire, disagreed with Mike Gundy on something he said yesterday. Gundy said yesterday, oh, really? Well, I mean, if you're talking about Wake Forest or Purdue, I bet 50% of the kids don't even know what conference they're in. Uh, Joey McGuire disagrees with that. He says, You can't you can't say that conference the conference you are doesn't matter in recruiting. You can't say it doesn't matter. What Joey McGuire said.
1: Um, I think I think both of them have a point, but I the, the players that Texas Tech is recruiting, I don't think it matters. I don't. I think it matters to high four and five stars. That's who I think it matters to. Everyone else, um, they're they're just picking off of like the place they want to go what looks good what what have they been a fan of just happy to get opportunities to go play college football yeah last one, I th- so I think they're both they both have points
0: last one I have Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian he was five and seven last year and lost to Kansas in, uh, in case you forgot uh, he was asked about naming a starting quarterback between Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers quote we haven't made a decision yet but won't take as long as last fall to name a starter in quotes when did they name one last last year? I, I don't know. I don't care. Quinn Ewers is the starter. Can we stop with this, please?
1: Well, it was it was Hudson Card and um, Casey Thompson.
0: And Hudson the- Card started the season, and Casey Thompson. I think he took over after they got destroyed by Arkansas and Fayetteville last year. Right. And then
1: Thompson took over for a while. And didn't Card get it back at some point?
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I think a lot of things happened there last Maybe year. it was
1: injury or something. I don't know. Maybe they blamed it on injury. Uh, I didn't feel like Thompson finished the year for him. And, I, like, that's kind of part of the reason he transferred out quickly. But I could be wrong on
0: that. I think Quinn Ewers coming in was a big reason why he transferred as, as well. I mean, it. I don't know. Yeah. I think the writing was on the wall that Casey Thompson was not going to be a real part of their quarterback plans this next year.
1: Right. Yeah, I think he – well, maybe he well, – I don't know. It's hard to tell by looking at this. He didn't play in the Iowa State game. Maybe that was – well, he just played a little bit, six attempts. Maybe that was injury or something. I don't know. Yeah. So you're it's you're dead set on uh, the Ewers kid no matter what. I
0: Yeah, li- literally no matter what. Hudson Card can be better. He won't be, but he can be better in training camp, and Quinn Ewers is still going to be the starter. Let's all remember who calls the shots at UT. It's not the head coach. Not in this situation that was so NIL-driven. Quinn Ewers is QB1 to start the year.
1: Yeah. Well, hey. Uh, Probably right. Probably right. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We will wrap up our number two next
0: Davis Construction, bringing you hour number two of The Rush on this Thursday. Air Coverage Solutions text line. The number is 405-651-3439. Dallas Bill says, hey, if Tom Brady wants his kids grounded in this society, just have Britney Spears be the kid's driver for a week. That'll do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt about that. Yeah, that's (laughs) – you couldn't pay me to get into a vehicle with Britney Spears driving. Not happening.
0: Well, I mean, you get left in the vehicle while she walks out after she wrecks it. That much we know.
1: Well, if you're alive, I mean, who knows if you can even survive the thing. Yeah. It's odd. Hey, hey quick uh, question. Yeah. Who threw for more touchdowns last year? Casey Thompson or Caleb Williams?
0: Uh, Casey Thompson by a wide margin.
1: Right? No. Uh-uh.
0: I, th- I thought, uh, did Casey throw, did he throw 20, why am I thinking he threw 23 last year?
1: He threw 24 touchdowns, okay. Caleb Williams threw 21. Um,
0: wait, yeah, yeah. <gasps> Casey, wait, Casey Thompson threw for more touchdowns, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What, that, is that well, what I, I said?
1: Well, you said way more, and I was oh, saying, okay, I was okay, saying okay. no to way more. Just 24 to 21. He, who threw for more yards?
0: Um, well, God, he threw for like 500 against OU. I'm going to guess Casey Thompson did too. He did,
1: 21-13 compared to 19-12. Um, now, they both played, it looks like, about the same amount of games. Maybe Casey Thompson played another game as a starter. He may have played nine games. But their numbers are pretty similar. Um, thought of he completely had, differently. Yeah, he had um, uh, four rushing touchdowns to Caleb Williams, six rushing touchdowns, so he did get beat there. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour is next.